Hey, welcome back. This is uh, your host, Charles Cook, on the Immigration Hour podcast. It's great to be with you again. It's hard to believe an entire week has gone by since I last recorded, Uh, but it's just amazing to me uh, that we keep... uh, Um, uh, having new immigration news. I mean, obviously, the largest immigration news of last week uh, was that five separate federal courts uh, have ruled against Donald Trump's um, and Stephen Miller's public charge uh, regulations. I mean, mean, it's funny because when we analyzed these um, several weeks ago, uh, I told folks, hey, these these are clearly outside the scope of the... uh, uh, of the regulatory authority. They're definitely extra statutory. Uh, and that's what the courts found. They're definitely extra statutory. You can't just make up rules because you want a rule to exist as an executive. Uh, you've got to have an actual, um, got to have an actual, uh, authority for that rule to take place. And, uh, if you don't have the actual authority that rule to take place, you're going to get shut down by the federal courts. Uh, remember that statement of Trump, you know, what did he say? You're going to get tired of winning. I'm not tired of winning. Uh, immigration lawyers have rocked out. Uh, we have uh, we have walked that thin line between chaos and freedom. And I think immigration lawyers, uh, both uh, those of us on the ground handling the day-to-day work of, uh, of immigration, as well as our colleagues and those of us to practice at the federal court level, uh, have really fought back against uh, what are uh, more than anything else wildly draconian uh, immigration changes that have been that have been literally been bad for America. Uh, and um, it, I'll give you a great example. Um, just uh, 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 today, um, a uh, a group of uh, university professors and the Graduate Management Admissions Council. Um, issued a report um, on something called the Early Warning Signals, Winners and Looters, Losers in the Global Race for Talent. Um, this was um, 63 CEOs and deans from a broad section of business schools across the country, both public and private, have signed on an open letter calling for a substantial change in the U.S. approach to high-skilled immigration. Um now, I, I would suggest that they are being a little uh, um, uh, blind in the fact that we also need low-skilled immigration, but I think their focus at the CEO and dean level is how we treat those that graduate from every country, from our universities and colleges. Um, and uh, they said something that's really interesting here, some key findings of the report, uh, is that the United States has experienced a 13.7% decline in international business school applications. I mean, that is a steeper decline than any other country in the world and a drop that comes amidst largely rising or stable applications everywhere else in the world. Both Canada and European programs saw application increases driven primarily by rising international demand. Uh, This is a bad, let's say in Spanish, un muy mal, uh, signal for the future of America's competitiveness. And we again on this show, we and on my blog and in our Twitter account, we've been saying for years you cannot cut off legal immigration, high skilled or low skilled, um, and expect to remain competitive in the 21st century. It, you just can't do it. And this administration, 
uh, led by uh, President Stephen Miller and his minion, Donald, uh, have tried everything to limit legal immigration. Yeah. You have to go back and look at the roots. Uh, look at our podcast from a couple months ago, the roots of these anti-immigrant nativists. I mean, uh, these people are racist. Uh, you know, people throw that term around these days, but these people truly are racist because they don't want anybody who's not white coming to America. And even then, they want to shut the door against them. So, I mean, I, th- I think that uh, as we have, a, as we talk a little bit later, as we've been talking about Senate Bill 386, um, you know, people that oppose that bill don't oppose that bill because they hate Indians. They oppose the bill because it's just not fair to everybody else in the world. Um, and what we want, and we'll talk about in a bit, uh, is a bill that actually helps Indian nationals immigrate much faster than they can currently immigrate, but does not ha- don't damage or harm other people. And that's why you want a hearing on the bill. Uh, you know, and those that oppose a hearing... Uh, we'll simply tell you, well, a hearing is, is going to mean we're not going to pass a bill at all. We'd rather have a terribly flawed bill than no bill at all. And the reality is I would, have, I would rather have no bill at all than a terribly flawed bill that's going to hurt lots of people because we all know uh, that Congress isn't going to come back next year and change anything. Uh, fix 96 for all you old-time immigration practitioners. Um, so this letter, I think, is, uh, I think their, their, their points are really important. There should not be a per-country cap. I agree. There should not be a country coverage cap, but there also needs to be protection and insurance that, as they say, there should be no limit. You know, or if you have a limit, it's a rather high limit, and it really focuses on high-skilled immigration. So here's, here's what they say. They should remove per-country visa caps, modernize the visa processing system, reform the H-1B visa program, make it possible for needed talent to have a reasonable chance of getting into the United States, and create a heartland visa to encourage immigration into regions of the United States that could most use vitality of these talented individuals. All good points. No legislation out there promoting that right now, but there, there soon will be uh, from Senator Durbin, who has borne the brunt of, of uh, really wildly terrible claims against an honorable and good man um, who simply wants to do what's right for people. But, I, you know, as, as you look at the empirical evidence that is beginning to develop on the wildly negative impacts of the current administration's policies on immigration, that's when you begin to understand and uh, get a a deeper um, and core belief for the uh, uh, understanding that we cannot, in the 21st century, survive without a robust and positive immigration system that recognizes the needs of every sector of society. And that's, that's where Congress has just, at least some members of Congress, including my own senator, have closed their eyes. We cannot compete at the global level because there is global competitiveness going on. We cannot compete at the global level unless we have immigration. Um, I, I mean, I always hearken back to Ronald Reagan's City on a Hill speech. Uh, you know, we are that shining city on a hill. And when we stop becoming the shining city on a hill, which Donald Trump is trying to do, it, I mean, if you're a Trump supporter uh, still, uh, you should go back to smoking whatever dope got you there in the first place. Uh, because it is quite clear that this man is hell-bent on destroying America, uh, destroying our standing in the international community. We have now lost a key ally in the Middle East. Uh, this is wildly dangerous. 
rather than us and our Kurdish friends controlling the Syrian-Turkish border, it will now be the Russians and their Kurdish friends uh, controlling that border. And you tell me that that didn't have something to do with a phone call from Putin to Trump. Um, so immigration, and we've always said immigration is the canary in the coal mine. Uh, whatever they do in immigration, they're going to do in other things. And we're seeing it now in foreign policy. Uh, so I would suggest that all of you that aren't politically active or, or, or have not been politically involved, uh, now might be a good time to make that happen. I don't want to hear any of this, well, you know, it's the lesser of two evils. No, no, it's, it's not. It's not the lesser of two evils. It's one really evil dude and whoever else the Democrats put up. I mean, that, that's, that's literally it. It's not, there's not really a choice if you love America. It's just not. Um, we're going to take a quick break here. I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk about the, uh, the bill that uh, uh, Senator Durbin's going to drop here very, very shortly. I don't know if it'll be today, but it'll probably be, it'll be this week. And this bill is, uh, I believe, something that is something everybody could get behind. And if we work together on this bill, I'm confident we can get enough Republican support to pass us in the Senate. And then, as a companion bill to the bill in the House, then it can go to conference committee. We have a chance here, folks, to make... Welcome back to the Immigration Network. I know you didn't notice a break, <laughs> but I did. Thank you very much. So, uh, Senator Durbin will be introducing the Relief Act. Uh, the Relief Act is a little bit different from a bill he introduced a couple of years ago. Uh, but this bill, I think, could get robust support if we... Those that believe in a fair and even immigration system uh, and an equal opportunity immigration system around the world get behind this. Um, so the RELIEF Act uh, stands for the Resolving Extended Limbo for Immigrant Employees and Families. Yeah, pretty good. You know, they're, they're good at acronyms up in Congress. Um, so, you know, the bill, the, the, the preamble that we have a copy of, talks about uh, this, that one of the most serious problems in our broken immigration system is that there are not nearly enough immigrant visas, also known as green cards, available each year. As a result, immigrants are stuck in crippling backlogs for years. Now, I know you think, well, of course, look at all the Indians. They're waiting 150 years for a green card. One, that number is not real. Uh, but two, and more importantly, uh, it is the family-based categories, especially for Mexico and the Philippines, that face Backlogs that extend past a person's life. Uh, right now, uh, the numbers look like if you are Mexican and you applied for your brother, uh, he's not immigrating because it's beyond the average lifespan of somebody. Um, so close to 4 million, not just 500,000 Indians, but 4 million future Americans are on the State Department's immigrant visa waiting list, which does not include hundreds of thousands of immigrant visas, immigrants in the United States who are also waiting for their green cards. However, under current law, only 226,000 family green cards and 140,000 employment-based green cards are available annually. Children and spouses of lawful permanent residents count against these caps, further restricting the number of available green cards. The backlogs are, are a particular hardship on families who are caught in immigration limbo. For example, children of permanent residents often age out because they're no longer children, as defined with immigration law, by the time green cards are available for them. Uh, Senator Durbin has always had a very special place on us for DACA kids, for family-based immigration, uh, but also on, on, on the immigrant visa side because he represents Chicago and the state of Illinois, which is a major uh, corporate hub. Um, 
So his proposal, the solution to the green card backlog is clear. Increase the number of green cards. The last time we increased our green card numbers was 1990, and our economy has doubled in size since that time. Doubled in the last 30 years. And yet our green cards remain the same? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, many people would argue, and I think very smart people would argue, that be, it is because of the immigration over the last 30 years that our economy has doubled in size. Um, so the, the solution here is double these green cards. So here's what, here's what this bill re- does, okay? Um, treat, so you're going to increase the number of green cards. Immigration law should treat spouses and children of permanent residents as immediate relatives, take them out of the list. Um, that this happened in Senate Bill 744, which passed the Senate in 2013 on a strong bipartisan vote. So this, this, a lot of this harkens back to the 2013 bill, which passed the Senate. Okay. Congress should also live green card country caps, yay, on family and employment-based categories. And these were designed to preserve immigration diversity, but have contributed to backlog because of the insufficient number of green cards and the large number of immigrants in the U.S. stuck on temporary work visas. However, lifting country caps alone without increasing the number of green cards will not eliminate backlogs for Indian immigrants, and they will not. They will continuously be very long wait times for this idea that there'll be no wait time for anybody in five years is a joke. Clearly, that this is simply not factually true. Um, and lifting the country will not increase these caps for Indian immigrants, um, the national with the most people in the employment-based line, and will dramatically increase backlogs for the rest of the world. So here's what the Relief Act will do. One, eliminate the family and employment green card backlog over five years, in the order in which applications were filed, which is based on Senate Bill 744. I mean, that was, that was in that bill, the CIR bill. Two, keep American families together by classifying spouses and children of permanent residents as immediate relatives and exempting derivative beneficiaries of employment-based petitions from the annual green card limit. That cuts India line just overnight. Boom. A little bit, little bit more than in half, almost by 55%. It's just gone. Uh, 55% of that wait time uh, because he wouldn't include the, par- the parents, uh, the kids. Three, protect aging out children who qualify for permanent residence status based on a parent's immigration petition. Boom, solves the problem for all these kids who've been waiting for their parents to get green cards and have been here for a very long time. Three, lift the per country caps, which is in H- HR 1044. And five, extend the home harmless clause from H.R. 1044 that exempts immigrant visa petitions approved prior to enactment from lifting the country for uh, petitions approved five years after the enactment. There you go. So this, this, this gives the notice that we all believe is necessary. You know, when immigration lawyers who've done this for 30 years say, look, you can't change the rule without notice. You can't just, hey, tomorrow I know you're in the middle of a labor certification because you have TPS and you're going you're gonna to get out of status here in December, but you know the labor cert will get approved. So, oh, I'm sorry. You have to get in the line. Oh, and you don't have a line anymore because you don't have status. So you know, uh, you're out of luck. Have a nice day. That's just not fair. I mean, I, every, everybody that I've talked to uh, with any sort of soul at all says that's not fair. Um, and so this home harmless provision, this is what a lot of the supporters of SB 66, oh, we're going to change that. Yeah, but you haven't. You know, we're going we're gonna to deal with that in conference committee. Yeah, but you haven't. Um, and uh, so what we need is a bill that actually puts that language out there. People don't want to buy a pig in a poke. We bought this before. 
when we split the bill in 1996. We know exactly how this turns out unless you get it in writing up front before the bill passes. Uh, These uh, particular provisions of the Relief Act deal with our, our clients and friends from India. It gives you the green card in about five years, which is even faster than uh, the, the uh, 386 would do. And more importantly, uh, it takes out immediate relatives. Uh, it makes immediate relatives of, of permanent residents, which eliminates a whole another group of people getting green cards um, from the annual limit. Uh, we can use those visas. Uh, that's 225,000 that we can use. Uh, So it's a large number that become available for employment-based and other categories. And our friends from Mexico can get their green cards rather than waiting 80 to 100 years. They're in line. They can get those green cards now in the next decade while they're still living. Uh, So this is uh, this bill. I mean, it is a home run. Uh, It's what we can all support. Uh, And what we're going to have, what we're going to hear now and what I've seen on my Twitter feed uh, from those folks who think uh, that, you know, one guy, I'll, I'll get into the next section, segment with some of the Twitter comments that I have uh, from people. Uh, but what this does is exactly what those of us who believe that per country collapse should be lifted, uh, what it actually means for the rest of the world. And it, it provides us a much fairer, a much more robust immigration system. It goes to what those university presidents were talking about. Uh, that really enable us to effectively bring to the country the people that will, one, grow our economy intellectually and from a high skill position and allows us to bring those people that will continue to fulfill jobs in in the service sector and other parts of our economy based upon their skill set and their education. Um, So this is a no-lose. I've already seen one prominent supporter poo-poo this, on a list serves like oh well you know who's supporting this and this is nothing and we got to take what we have and you know I, I simply don't believe that and I would never support a position ever that would harm people. I mean if we're going to make a change in the law, we need to make a change that doesn't hurt anybody else. Uh, we cannot be robbing Peter to pay Paul. We we just we just can't do that. Uh, it's not fair. It's not right. It's not just. Um, and I think as we move forward and as we kind of focus on the Relief Act, uh, and I, I'll get you a number on my, on my Twitter feed as soon as we have this, uh, this is going to be where we need to rally around. And I think Senator Durbin will have substantial support. Uh, if you are a supporter of the Relief Act, you should be calling your own state senate, your own federal senator right now, saying, I want you to support Durbin's Relief Act. This is a much better bill. It provides an answer that we need. Uh, when you have Mike Lee and David Perdue as two senators who have not been favorably disposed to help immigrants in the past, negotiating on a bill to, quote, help immigrants, you know, and they bring Grassley in to severely limit H-1Bs, you know you're not in good shape. You know you have issues uh, because those are not the people that have your best interests at heart. They're not. Um, And so we need to to gather uh, those Republican senators like Senator Isaacson here from Georgia, um, perhaps Marco Rubio and Scott from Florida, and Mitt Romney from Utah, um, uh, Sass from Nebraska. These guys, these are the guys that willingly will vote with Democrats to get this bill to the floor. And I think there are 60 votes for this bill. Um, and certainly uh, McConnell faced with a choice uh, between 780, uh, 386 and the Relief Act may put both of them on the floor. 
and see what happens. And they both may pass. And at that point, uh, you can have then you can bring to the conference committee a bill that actually can be supported um, by every immigrant and, and those that support them here in the United States. Let's take another quick break here on the immigration. I'll be right back uh, with a, a review of my Twitter feed. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour. It's great to be with you. Um, you know, I've been tweeting a lot on uh, S386 um, because I, I think the Twitterverse is a good place to get uh, information out to people, but it's also a good way to show support and opposition to different things. Now, the, the, the only downside of Twitter, of course, uh, is that you can say anything you want. You don't have to disclose who you are. Uh, you can insult people. You can uh, defame people. And um, really nothing, nothing gets done. I'll give you a great example. So last night, I met a post up uh, that said, stay tuned for a viable and far better alternative to the deeply flawed S-386, courtesy of that Senator Durbin, and his vision to help all immigrants, not just those from one country. And I put a hashtag, no S-386, which is the hashtag we've been doing. So the first guy, uh, or woman, I don't, I don't know who this is, because uh, their Twitter handle is at humans underscore r underscore equal, fighting for equality. This appears to be a drone who just put up, uh, a, a, just created his Twitter account in August of 2018. He has 38 whole followers. Um, and uh, he decided to say this, yeah, like it will pass in the next decade. Good joke. His vision is to block this bill by adding a poison pill to S-386. Well, no, he's not adding Mr. Fighting for Equality, Humans Are Equal person. He's not adding a poison pill because there is no hearing for 386. A poison pill is when you try to put an amendment on an actual bill. And, of course, that's been prohibited because of unanimous consent. Nice try, uh, but that's not what he's doing here. Uh, uh, Krishna Kumar wrote this, um, uh, that not trying to prejudge, but if the senator stands committed to DACA and not to the aging out kids and to non-backlog countries having a free pass over backlog for EB in the longer term, the proposal would be fundamentally flawed. Um, and Krishna, you need to take a look at the bill. And in fact, that's exactly what Senator Durbin is not doing in the bill and is actually helping out. So I, I hopefully... You'll take a look at this, uh, Krishna, and support this. Krishna Kumar um, has been on Twitter for a long time, and he has 38 followers. I don't know who Krishna Kumar is. Uh, good luck to him. I thought the comment was good, though, because, I mean, if it really was designed to hurt people and just protect DACA kids, then it wouldn't be supportable. And that's why this bill is so good, because it really does help everybody out. Um, chart and play, or at chart play, um, he has uh, following four people and has 63 followers. I don't know who they are. Um, and unclear when they, when they opened their account. I uh, can't really tell that. They wrote, if it is truly and honestly a better bill, I will write a letter to every senator and house rep to support it. If it is flawed, I will write to Senator Urban and express my views. That is what you should be doing. Um, so another guy called uh, Good Ray, um, he uh, joined in May 16. Uh, he is following 74 people and has 123 followers. Uh, Good Ray, R-O-W, dislike HR 1044 S-386. He wrote, um, Cook used to push real immigration solutions. If even his bill is imperfect, I am willing to assume goodwill. I don't know really what that means. Uh, I think it means that I do push real immigration solutions, which is what I do uh, as part of this. Um, we've got um, 
Uh, Nick Kaufman, who I think has a really good comment here. Uh, Nick is, uh, and I love people that use their real names on here. He's a PhD student um, and um, been on Twitter for, uh, for several years. He wrote this, the strategy to deal with the green card backlog must not be a zero-sum game. Absolutely right. That's exactly right. Uh, there are many truly fair ways to relieve the pain that people in the backlog feel without inflicting a reasonable unfair pain on the rest of the world. Um, and, um, and then we've got um, uh, several other... Uh, oh, here's one from Desi Insan. Desi Insan. Um, got 90 whole followers, following lots of people. Um, he wrote this, Please stop spreading fake news! So this is clearly a Trump supporter. S-386 ends discrimination. No, no, actually, it creates discrimination is what it does. Um, it allows those who have been waiting the longest to finally get green cards in their lifetime. Well, that's also a, a bit of an exaggeration. The current system impacts those born in large populations dramatically. People immigrate, countries don't. That's the new mantra, people immigrate and countries don't. Except the current immigration was, system was designed to allow all people from all countries to immigrate. And by getting rid of the per-country limits without addressing the overall numbers, you only let people from large countries immigrate. And that is discrimination based upon population size. You could say that's population discrimination. You can put the word discrimination in front of anything. Um, it's not racial discrimination. It's not discrimination against a country of birth. It's just a way that the current system has used for 50 years um, to limit, because of the limit numbers that are here, the percentage of people that can come from each country so that one country doesn't overall dominate. And I would feel much better about Dazi and Insan's position if he was advocating for the ending of family-based immigration uh, quotas. Um, but he's not. Uh, none of the folks that support S-386 want to eliminate family-based quotas because why? Well, because if you eliminate the family-based quotas without increasing the numbers, then the only people that immigrate for the next decade will be Mexicans and Filipinos. That's it for the whole, at least the next decade, if not the next 15 years. Uh, and that's why, because they still want to bring their families in when they get green cards. And they don't want to have to get behind all the Mexicans in the line. So that's why Durbin's bill is so much fairer. Uh, because it gets rid of these lines for everybody. And it's also why the rest of the world is upset. So not only are you going to take away our ability to get any employment-based green card for a decade, but then we still have to wait through the family line forever. Um, so this is why, you know, again, a short-sighted bill um, and um, um, not something that's really going to happen. Now, other people have read, uh, this is dead on arrival. No one agreed to increase green cards. That's not true. Uh, this this hap is passed in uh, back in 2013. Um so uh, it is, uh, I love the comments. I appreciate getting online. Um, we've got one here uh, that cooks CIR for any increase in green cards from Senator Durbin is not going to work out. This is from Bagri Satna. Uh, Republicans going to, has no, would be dead on arrival as no Republicans going to, well, that's not true. Uh, for any immigration bipartisan discriminatory country of birth should go away from employment-based green cards. I, that's kind of incoherent. I'm sorry. Um, and somebody wrote, any executive order directly by him to increase green cards to 10 times? Uh, Anil, madam, uh, president can't issue executive orders on laws. He can only change policy. Um, and um, so it, um, here's one from Vijay Kumar. There is nothing wrong in saving our jobs and profits, but also think the number of people suffering the backlog, I request to remember to pass 386. So um, some people said, call this poison pills. 
Um, somebody named T. Acharya said, any uh, better alternative will not help, as it will see lots of resistance are going to be scrapped. That's, that's actually... <laughs> so any better alternative, because we know 386 is a terrible bill, will be denied. So we have to settle for the terrible bill we can get, even if it only helps us. I'm sorry. Um, uh, this is um, not really going to be uh, something that is going to be um, uh, really problematic uh, going forward. Now, somebody didn't like uh, that uh, several months ago, uh, I tweeted that Senator Rand Stopping a bill to fix a problem on immigration laws would help hundreds of thousands of highly skilled immigrants, a bill sponsored by Mike Lee for Utah and Senator Harris. And at that time, that bill was very different than that bill today, including not having any of the H-1B horror that we currently have in it and the set-asides, of course, for uh, Senator uh, Purdue. So thank you for Capricorn8282 for pointing that out. Um, and... Um, Appreciate you actually reading all my old tweets. That was very nice uh, as going to that. And that's not shameless. That's, in fact, what the bill changed. And the bill, as in not having a hearing, and that's the other thing that was really interesting, uh, is that we have always said from the beginning that we only want a hearing on the bill, those of us that oppose this bill, so we can make and advocate for changes because we have long experience in Congress I've been up on Capitol Hill for 30 years advocating for immigration changes, and we've been successful sometimes, we've not been successful sometimes. But one thing that we do know, and we've learned from our sad experience, is that once a bill is passed on a topic, Congress thinks they're done with it. Great example is Ira Ira. Hey, let's split the bill, which we were successful in doing, and we'll come back next year and fix 96 and nothing. The ACA is a great example. You know, the ACA passed. We'll come back and fix the problems. And now we're a decade later and haven't fixed the problems. Um, so, you know, somebody said, well, you're cashing in. I had a good friend of mine, another immigration lawyer, people that accuse immigration lawyers who don't support this bill of doing it for their bottom line. Uh, I find that really kind of interesting uh, because if the bill passes... One, there's a lot more work than we'd ever have to do with doing adjustments of status. Two, uh, the H-1B renewals that will have to be done will now have to be done every year because the three-year renewal is gone. Um, and so we're going to be just killing ourselves doing all that extra work. Uh, and it's, you know, it, it, three, if you get into immigration law to become rich, you're a fool. Uh, immigration lawyers don't roll in money. Uh, I don't know immigra any immigration lawyers that are just uh, like PI lawyers or MMA lawyers just rolling in dough with a house in the Hamptons. Um, the reality is we do this work because we love immigration and we love immigrants. Um, as the grandson of immigrants who came through employment-based visas. So my grandparents in 1929 and 1931 were the beneficiaries of a wildly flawed and racist immigration policy because they were from Germany. So they benefited from a policy that excluded Chinese, that excluded uh, Latin Americans, that excluded Africans, that excluded Asians, because we only let people from certain countries come to the United States, which is what 386 would do by force of population. It's just, just a factual process. And so I have always advocated in my career for facts uh, for doing what is right for people, for doing what is correct uh, for as many immigrants as possible, because I truly believe that immigrants are the future of America. Uh, and that includes those that come 
to do work that is highly skilled and technical and important for moving us forward as a country, for keeping us competitive in the 21st century. And it's also for those people who come and help us with our lives. They care for our parents. Uh, they help our children. They grow our food. Uh, they, they pluck and process our chickens. Uh, there are people from every walk of life that want this desire uh, to come to America because their countries uh, don't offer them the opportunity uh, that they see necessary to fulfill their dream. And they see America as a shining city. I want that shining city to live again. We will ultimately be rid of Trump. He'll be gone eventually, and he'll be, he'll be cast into the dustbin of history. Um, but we cannot let him, before he goes, destroy immigration to America. And that's why having a bill... Um, that really moves us forward as a country, even if he vetoes it, we will be able. Because, by the way, Miller has vowed to veto 386, so even if it passes, it's going to get vetoed by the president. Let's put a bill forward that reflects the best of us, not the least of us, and move forward. It's been great being with you this week. Thanks for the, the moments of listening. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to put them on my Twitter feed, which apparently you have no problem in doing. I appreciate those that oppose my position and those that, uh, uh, that support my position, although I, I like those that support my position a little bit more than those that oppose me, but I still respect your right to say it. That's what's great about America. Um, and we will be with you again next week on the Immigration Hour. Talk to you later.